0: You're listening to Rocket Night.
1: Yeah, yeah, are you ready? Hey, tonight I'm gonna take you on a little trip. We're going down south by the mighty Mississippi. I'm gonna take you to a place where life's never damned. you're All about your body. Not gonna talk about it, never gonna do it. Get on down in the middle of do get all
0: down. So you are you Chris. are Chris, and you are you the lead singer, right?
1: Yes, yeah, I am okay. indeed, yeah. And yeah, play li- guitar though.
0: We wrote a really good review of uh of your album.
1: I've seen it, thank you very much, yeah.
0: I listened to it myself and uh I really like it. Oh, sweet. It's, it's, it's rocking, but it's still like Raven said, melodic, catchy. You know, who it kind of made me think of, I just saw Young Guns recently.
1: Oh, really? Okay. Uh,
0: and I thought I could picture you guys being like a Young Guns. It, I, that's a compliment.
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, we, I don't know a huge amount of Young Guns, but I've listened to a little bit of it. And I really like them, so that's uh, yeah. Thank you for that. That's great.
0: I just photographed them recently. There was a big radio um, festival, rock fest, or whatever, and they played. So I got to see them and everything. And Excellent. But they're kind of like the kind of like the Young Guns.
1: That's <laughs> great. Oh, thank you very much.
0: Which is a a good thing. So. Yeah. Uh, you guys have been together, let's see, since 2013, correct?
1: Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Although we've, we've known each other for years and years and years. So it's, uh, we, we started off myself and the drummer. Uh, well, actually, no, been, all four of us have been in, this is the third band that all, f- that, you know, we've kind of, half of us have been in some bands, half of us have been in the other, but we've all been playing together as one sort of unit or another for the last 10 years, really. Um, in different guises, I started on drums and then uh, I was playing a bit of guitar in one of them and now guitar and vocals. So We've known each other for a long time. Yeah.
0: Did, did you all go to school together? Is that it? Or you're on... Do you
1: know what? Actually none of us did. The bass player and guitarist of this band, Gary and Nick, uh, went to school together. Um, and then Dave and I went to college together. Um, so, uh, yeah, just kind of the stage before university over here. We, we went to school for a couple of years together there, um, but I used to do a lot of uh, live sound engineering in my youth and I met our, Dave, sorry, is the drummer of this band, Dave Carter, and he's, uh, I met him when I was about 14 and uh, doing live sound for them in a local venue. So. I didn't actually start playing in bands with him until I was probably I don't know early twenties, but um, I knew him for quite some time before that. So.
0: Is that what you have studied? Uh, sound engineering, audio engineering?
1: No, I, a little bit. Yeah, I did a little bit of live um, live sound stuff, but not not a huge amount to be honest. I mean, I did kind of drama and theatre studies and a few a couple of sciences along the way and stuff like that. Um, but I did st- I studied music technology for a while, which was kind of. A little bit about recording and and the technology side of things, and then a little bit about composition and you know film music and stuff like that. So it was uh, in- interesting, but I don't think it's played a huge part in who what my music is now or what my technical knowledge is now. I think it's more kind of just hands-on getting out there, you know.
0: Well, the engineering of your CD is really good, that's why I wondered if, if you did it yourself or...?
1: We, we did, yeah, that's all, all self-recorded, uh, produced, mixed, yeah, that's um, my handiwork on, on most of it, and the the guys know what they're doing as well, so obviously, uh, you know, to play a huge part in getting the sound to where it ends up, but yeah, I, I'm, I was at the helm of that one, yeah, thank you. Well.
0: It's it's well balanced, all the instruments, the vocals, it's very pleasing. So that's why I wondered if you had studied it because it sounds so good.
1: Yeah. Well, I suppose I've studied it by listening intently to every single record I've ever owned and then trying to replicate it or tweak it or something like that, you know.
0: Well, growing up, what kind of music did you listen to?
1: Um, well, we've like across the band we've got quite an eclectic mix really. I mean, my I started. I mean, my parents put a guitar in my hand when I was about three. I think three or four, and uh, just kind of messed around on that. And, yeah. So I, um, I suppose I, I, when I started learning guitar when I was a, when I was a kid, I was probably ten. I don't know probably seven or eight, and um, started listening and playing stuff like the Beatles and you know Carpenters and stuff like that. But very, very quickly got interested in electric stuff. And then when I was about eleven, I think, and I started. Uh, secondary school um senior school my um that one of my mates handed me uh, metallica's um black album and uh the iron maiden's best of the beast um and i was i was kind of hooked on metal for years and years and years um getting kind of progressively hardy you know going through pantera ending up with people like parkway drive and kill switch engage and stuff like that so that was a big influence for me, but the, the other guys, we've, we've all come from ve- slightly different backgrounds. You know, Gary, our guitarist in his youth was massively into blink one, eight, two. And, um, and then, uh, Nick used to love bands like AFI and, you know, we still do, um, and Alexis on fire and, uh, uh, people like that and thrice. Um, but I think there's kind of a common ground between us all when it comes to old rocks So things like thin Lizzie queen, um, Nirvana slash Foo Fighters, massive influences on us all. Those those ones they kind of unite the four of us in terms of our tastes. So, I think that's kind of why our music ends up sounding a little bit in that sort of uh, rock pop vein because that's the stuff we all totally agree on and you know we all enjoy. So, yeah, it works well.
0: Well, when did you start singing? You have a good Uh voice. I don't, thank
1: you. I, I don't know really. Um, I, I was I kind of dabbled in. it. I used to play in a few covers bands, sort of in and out of college and stuff like that. And used to do backing vocals and then maybe throw in you know the odd lead vocal here and there. But this is the this is the first thing that I've ever kind of published, I suppose, or about to publish with me as the the lead vocalist. I, I was a front man in a metal band for a while with Nick, our, our bass player, and Ellis Red, and that was that was pretty weird, but it was, I mean, it was awesome, but that was more kind of screaming um, than singing really. Um, but yeah, it, so this is probably the first thing where I've ever stepped up and done the, the lead parts as much, but I love it. I really enjoy it. So thought, why not? Eh?
0: <laughs> well, when did you start writing?
1: Um, again, you know, I think as soon as I picked up a, a guitar, I kind of had this I don't know, this desire to, to put stuff down on, on, well, not on paper, but just to create something of my own. Um, and, you know, our, our, my guitarist Gary who's a very, very good mate of mine, as all, all three of them are. He, he's the same, you know, the, the two of us ever since we could play really have wanted to try and make our own versions of the things we used to hear and stuff like that. Um, and I, I think it just it grew and grew, and the more I got into music production and decided I wanted to analyze what other people were doing and how they were making those songs and what little parts and nuances went into it, you kind of start thinking of, of your own and how you want to put those together. And, oh, yeah, that was cool, but what if I did that this way and used it in my own bit and things like that? So I, I've, I, I couldn't pinpoint when I started, but I've, ever since I've been involved in music, I've, I've loved creating it rather than just playing and copying it, you know. Well, all the
0: songs on the album... Uh, did you all get together and write, or did one person write? Let's say the melody. What's the process of writing? for,
1: it, for the stuff that's on the EP um, has been a work in progress for quite some time. So most of the music kind of originated from a few ideas that I've I'd been kicking around for a long time. Um, you know, I put a few demos together of some kind of rough ideas of how I thought they might go or end up or you know maybe just a verse and a chorus and then sent it around to the other guys that I knew I wanted to work with again because we hadn't been in bands for a while or whatever and they all loved it and then we threw in a few more ideas together and uh, eventually it just kind of uh, evolved into you know I think I had quite a good roadmap in my head of where I wanted each song to be um, musically and melodically um, and then we kind of stitched it all together and I, I tend to always put lyrics to things last. Um, as weird as that sounds, I know people, a lot of people do it the other way around, start with a story and build a, you know, a, a soundscape behind it, but I'm, I'm completely the other way around. My head is tuned straight into melody and, and music and layers and themes, and then this, this lyrical story kind of weaves its way over the top of that. So uh,
0: Looking at your, some of your songs, uh, what would you call the theme? Trust Your Enemies, My Promise... Beautiful race, time and place, bones and beauty. It looks like a lot of things about beauty. <laughs> does, not it? Do you know what it is? Uh, Ode to Freedom. Is there a theme or do you just it, come up with something randomly?
1: It's not. There's no theme to the whole record. No, I, th- I think there's, there's a lot of um, kind of self-analysis going on in a few of those songs. It's kind of re- me talking about my own shortcomings more than anything to be honest or you know my own insecurities at least there's there's a couple that are based on very definite things like bones and beauty for example is um i I saw a documentary uh, probably about a year ago about um uh, a mental health institute um that looked after young people um and there was a one of the particular patients was um was a was a young person with uh, uh bulimia um and the the story kind of stuck with me of how this person was was battling so much with something that people were trying to help them with um and it it just the, the all of the lyrics in that song kind of just poured out of that one experience so i tend to do that a little bit take take ideas from
0: so a lot of the songs are you could say kind of autobiographical or just something that has touched you
1: yeah basically yeah i'm a great believer that you know good music has to evoke an emotion somewhere that for me that's the whole point in music it has to connect with me and whoever's listening on an emotional level and so i I think if you can try and get that with the melody or the music or the lyrics whatever that other person listening to it can find in it to connect then then brilliant even if none of the lyrics mean to them anything to do with what they mean to me i'm fine with that i'm not a i'm not a you know, a, a pronounced storyteller at all. I just put stuff down, because sometimes it makes an emotional connection, and if that works somewhere else with others, then then brilliant, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: my promise. Is that the single?
1: Uh, no, I think the single's probably going to be Trust Your Enemies. We're just talking to the label about it at the moment, but I think uh, Trust Your Enemies will probably come out as the uh, as the. And, the and that, that's the one that
0: the BBC played?
1: Yeah, they did, yeah. So the BBC have got a, a really great service called Introducing, um, which basically gives um kind of startups and unsigns or people just on the fringe of uh, getting people to support them the opportunity to upload your music and get it listened to and perhaps played on local stations. And, yeah, they've played a couple, actually. They've played that. Um, uh, they've played Ode to Freedom, and I think they're playing um, Time and Place on Saturday, actually, tomorrow. So yeah we're pretty chuffed with that
0: how, how would you categorize your music the style
1: um in a nutshell rock pop probably um heavy rock pop <laughs> i don't know
0: yeah because trust your enemies is a little heavier i think
1: yeah. the beginning
0: of it than, than some of the other ones
1: yeah and it's got the it's got the kind of uh, the guitar solo bit in the middle as well isn't it and the, a little bit of yelling in it and yeah i suppose it is quite a bit heavier <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Now, tell me about your name. Explain to the people how you got the name Ellis Red and what it means.
1: Do you know what the the name is actually makes a lot more sense when you uh, when you know where it comes from. And it might be not that exciting, so I apologize in advance. But we we sat down, having you know been in little bands for the last fifteen years with terrible names or names that no one understood, and we just thought, what what do we all love that actually might make sense and that we can all probably agree on that we haven't made up out of nowhere? Um, and we ended up talking about film characters because we all love, love watching films. Um, Ellis Red is, um, is Ellis Redding from The Shawshank Redemption. Uh, so it's Morgan Freeman's character. I mean, it's not exactly that, his name, but it's, it's pretty damn close. So uh, yeah, that's, that's where that came from. And we had a bit of a... Um, our bass player still hasn't seen that film, can you believe? Uh, that's,
0: that's a classic.
1: It's ridiculous. And I I lent it to him on, this is how long ago it was, I lent it to him on VHS. Um, oh, that's old. <laughs> uh, well, 15 years ago, just as they were coming out. He had it for so long, by the time I got it back, he bought it for me on DVD because he'd lost the VHS. <laughs> And it had been re-released. So we thought, hey, that, that makes sense. It's got a bit of a backstory, and it sounds cool. So let's go with it. It
0: does. It does. Interesting. Um, touring. Are you planning to do any kind of touring?
1: Um, not at the moment. Um, I think we've, we're, we're in a place where we're, we're way too far away from things being able to, well, from the music to be able to financially support us. Um, and I think we we would like to crack um, the digital communication bit first, I think. We want to get our music out to as many people as possible, free or paid, don't care, just want loads of people to listen to it and enjoy it. Um, and I think we're concentrating certainly for the next probably six months, I would have thought, on trying to build up that reputation, build up that sort of... Uh, contact group and bank of people that might enjoy us and then who knows you know if if enough people say yeah you know what this is this is pretty cool i'd like to see them doing it live then we would love to you know we all love playing live all musicians do don't they but it the reality of doing that these days is 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 pretty bleak compared to what you know 15 20 years ago when it was the only way to make new people hear you um so I think one day we would love to, um, but I think the, the reality for now is to share what we've made with other people in different ways for now. But:
0: What do you think is the biggest challenge today for musicians starting out?
1: Do you know what? I think that we, we often have this chat in the band, and I th- we're all pretty, pretty agreed. You know, the Internet is the, the best and worst thing that's ever happened to music. <laughs> um, I it, agree. <laughs> it's it's meant that you can access a a whole bucket load of stuff uh, you know sitting on your seat at home it means you can create um stuff you know with modern software that only costs you 200 quid you know three four hundred dollars to get yourself active and making professional sounding tunes and then get them out to the world like on the internet in seconds for free everything is for free you know which is amazing it means that more people can listen to and appreciate music. The downside is obviously people have stopped being able to make as much money from it. And I think what scares me the most is the some of the best experiences that you might get from live shows or other kind of face-to-face interactions might start to disappear because people can't afford to do them anymore. And that, that scares me a little bit, I think. Um, I would I would hate a world where that didn't exist anymore because everybody just sat at home plugged into a device. That's not the same, you know.
0: Tickets are pretty expensive. I don't know how some people afford these large festivals, to be honest.
1: I, I don't get it. I mean, we're all, all four of us and all of our partners are going to see the Foo Fighters at Wembley Stadium in, in a month. Um, you know, and the tickets are, well, the equivalent of, what, about $100 each? You know, for, for one for one show and that, that's a lot of money when you haven't got much <laughs> well know, even
0: like here the Rolling Stones are coming oh,
1: wow. and
0: uh, I saw them years ago I won't say how long but I saw them <laughs> years ago but right now we're talking it would be like $200 maybe a ticket to sit in a, in a bleacher yeah and, and uh. that's a, to me that's the price of a plane ticket yeah and You know, I could probably see more on the DVD if if they come out with a DVD than paying all this money. You know, it's kind of disconcerting. But talking to a lot of musicians, they say the money is not obviously in the CDs or the downloads. It's the live performance and the merchandise. Selling t-shirts.
1: Absolutely. That's
0: the biggest thing t-shirts, yeah. souvenirs, whatever you can come up with. So, music see, it seems it's a business now, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it is. And I you know, I, I don't I don't know whether that's a good or or bad thing, you know, for 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 purists and, you know, real hardcore music lovers, it's probably a bad thing. I think for the modern generation of of people who want to be able to access lots of things whenever they want, maybe that's not so bad, you know. It's it's that will inevitably be ploughed into funding for more free content somewhere, um, and if if that's what you're after, then then that's probably a good thing. But it's a it's a horrible world, really, isn't it?
0: <laughs> when did you figure out or think about being a musician as a profession?
1: Do you know what? I think the moment I got my first electric guitar, um, I was I was kind of like, do you know what? Yeah, this is this is pretty awesome. Um, being loud and playing at school fates and stuff like that. I thought, yeah, do you know what? This this is this is me, this is what I want to do, you know. And I started working in an office for a while as well and and I I just could, you can't you can never stop thinking about the, the buzz of a gig or being able to do that all the time, you know. I think my uh my my, my heart has been uh, made a little bit cold over the you know, the last few years but you know, but it, I yeah all of my teenage years um, and early early 20s i I just that's all I wanted to do I used to tell everybody all the time you know don't worry about it. next next year I'll be famous by then you know and that's <laughs> exactly I, that was that was the dream gonna be a rock star. yeah <laughs> it's just it was always the being on stage bit for me you know it, all all four of us in in Elliswood absolutely absolutely love it and the dream one day of being uh, being in some sort of stadium, commanding that audience with the three of my closest mates, would be amazing. So,
0: do you consider yourself to be an introvert or an extrovert?
1: Um, I would say I'm an introvert, hmm. just just about.
0: Except when you're on stage. <laughs> Except on
1: stage, yeah, yeah. I like. I, I hope I'm not. I'm not as arrogant off stage as I maybe come across on stage. You never know. <laughs> you have to
0: you have to entertain you have to play the part people expect that
1: exactly yeah exactly that's part of the show and what you're trying to do isn't it you know that's
0: because I I do photography Of that's what I do I go out and take pictures and the people ham it up and I love it
1: yeah absolutely
0: you know they they look rock starry and they move around and shake their heads and all that stuff it's, yeah you got to do the part <laughs> absolutely
1: that's what that's half of why people are coming to a live show you know if it was,
0: yeah if you it just stood a, there
1: yeah if it was just music you probably could just sit at home you know that's the whole point in a live show isn't it it gives you that extra connection that extra emotion you know well
0: oh, there's there's a certain amount of energy and electricity in the air during a live performance i it's absolutely just, i love it
1: yeah totally agree and i think on um I suppose this is going back to my production kind of values as well, but I I think that's why I don't really have an issue with um, huge productions and adding more layers than you can actually do live and things like that because you're compensating for that missing emotion that you haven't got when you're just listening to a CD, when you haven't got the lights, the volume, the smells, the group of people. You have to compensate for that to try and get the same emotion from just the music, and so I... I don't, have, uh, I don't have much time for people who say, oh, yeah, but they can't do that live. They've only got two guitarists, not four. You know, what's this extra vocal layers? I'm like, yeah, whatever. You know, how's it making you feel? <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's funny. Um, what kind of uh, equipment do you favor as far as guitars and uh, effects, stuff like that?
1: We're, we're pretty straightforward, to be honest. I mean, effects, we... Pretty much don't use anything. I mean, Gary and I, you know, the other guitarist and I just use um, uh, delay pedals. Um, I think I've got a Boss delay pedal, and hes I don't even know what Gary's got. Um, Both play. uh, Gary loves Fenders. I'm more of a a Gibson man. I've got a Firebird and a a Les Paul, and he's got a Tele and a Strat. Um, And we both play through uh, Orange Cabs um, and what do I use? I've got an Engel head, E-N-G-L, not even sure if you've heard of Engel, but I've, I've got one. And he, he, he plays through a uh, Hughes and Kettner. Um, and then Nick, our bass player, is a bit of a Fender man as well. Um, so he's got a, a jazz bass and fairly simple uh, Ashdown rig set up, and that's, that's about it for us. I
0: thought you would use Marshall amps.
1: <laughs> yeah, do you know Coming what? from
0: England and all.
1: <laughs> well, yeah,
0: that's what we, that's you, what we use that's what we like to
1: use here so yeah <laughs> I'm, I've got a lot of time for the right sort of marshal I just for me, if I had more more cash, I'd have a selection you know I'd have a few um but the you know the the rig that we both use is quite versatile it'll do a little bit of everything you know if you if you want to do step out from Ellis Red and do a little bit of something else somewhere you know you've got the rig that can adjust with you um I think if we had a bit more cash, we'd have a couple of rigs each, and uh, you know, one of them would probably be heavily marshalled, But I just love the orange stuff. Orange sounds amazing. You know, they they've got some really quality tones and really warm, rich crunch and distortions. They're they're, they're brilliant.
0: Of the bands today, who do you listen to?
1: Um, that's a good one. Um, I, I try and listen to as much different stuff as I can, and uh, including a few guilty pleasures, you know, a few uh, a few stuff that's in the UK charts, which I probably shouldn't talk about. But I, I um I, I love um I'm massively into uh, Periphery at the moment. Um, I don't know if you know those guys. They're kind of like they're really really extreme kind of prog metal. It's it's really technical horrible stuff that if you're not a muso you you know I I don't blame people for not understanding or getting on board with it I don't understand it I just love how technical it is but um but outside of that um I to be honest I spend a lot of time listening to the old favorites like Foo Fighters and um you know a bit of Queen here and there and, um I do I listen to a lot of Thrice actually I do like Thrice and they're a great band um yeah Probably put me on the spot there. I can't think of it else I listen to.
0: <laughs> uh, do you ever write songs on acoustic guitars?
1: Yeah, yeah, do all, all the time actually. Gary and I both kind of sit at home. In fact, I'm literally sitting sitting next to one now. <laughs> yeah, it's the it's the quickest way of getting an idea out of your head. You know, I regularly. I think Gary does the same. We just an idea comes into your head, a melody, a theme or something like that, and you just sit down, pick up the acoustic, have a quick go. You know, you can kind of, you can see the shapes in your head and you just think, yeah, I know exactly where I'm going to throw my fingers in a minute, so let's get a guitar and just push record on your phone and get something really basic down. So, yeah, all the time, all mm. the time.
0: No, it's, it's portable. You don't need an amp when you have a little acoustic guitar there.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I no, totally agree.
0: I think Keith Richards used to write a lot of the songs on acoustic first.
1: It wouldn't surprise me. I I think the way we always um, kind of uh, approach nine-tenths of what we do is it's not a good song if it doesn't still sound good on an acoustic guitar. If you you can sit down and still play it in, in relatively similar terms on an acoustic and it still sounds cool, then it's probably a good song, you know? That's, that's, the, that's the way I look at writing pop, anyway, writing catchy stuff. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you want something to stick with you, it's almost like an earworm.
1: Exactly, exactly. I mean,
0: when I, I know something is catchy when it's in my head for two or three weeks, <laughs> it right. won't go away.
1: That's the thing, isn't it? You know, you've got it, even if you hate it, it's, yeah. it's, there, it's, it's, it's got you, you know?
0: It's true. And and I noticed it's very catchy. Well, my promise, the beginning of it.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah. Pretty
0: infectious. <laughs> I mean, in a good way, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Little riffs, little melodies, little you know, bass lines, whatever. They really stick.
1: Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I do? I do like that about working with uh, with Nick, our bass player. He's 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 really creative, and he's got um. He's got a great mind for for veering away from root notes, but still making it sound, you know, like it makes sense and it belongs. You know, he's not he's not detached from it. He's not showing off, but it, it just works. You know, and I love about it.
0: Well, it, yeah, he needs to weave it into the whole thing. Exactly, he can't just he just can't be off on his own doing his own thing.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> do it, yeah.
0: off on the side of the stage, you
1: know, yeah, doing don't whatever. it makes so I love something.
0: Let's see. Um, Is there anything that you would want people to know about the band or your music?
1: Do you know what? I'm. I'm not really sure there is. I think we're. What I would love people to understand about us is that we. We just love making music. We love creating stuff. And I don't think there's any better reward in the world than having other people like what you've created you know and I think that's what that's what we live for we we write for ourselves to start with and if we like it because we've got such varied tastes with we hope a lot of other people will as well so if I wanted anybody to know anything about us it was how much we love the music and none of the none of the other stuff (laughs) That, that all comes afterwards this this was this band was specifically about reconnecting with the music and having fun with it again so that's that's what I'd want people to know, yeah.
0: Well, I, I can't think of any other questions. I think we've pretty much covered uh, a lot of the different topics. Really? Uh, it's funny, I was talking to, to James and I said, sometimes I ask uh, trivial stuff. Uh, being an American, I'd like to know what you had for breakfast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know what? It was really dull. I had I had cereal this morning.
0: Was it Weedabix?
1: No, it was Cheerios.
0: Oh, okay, because he said (laughs) Weedabix. We don't have that here, you have to understand.
1: Yeah, you have much more exciting cereal than we do.
0: You're listening to Rock at Night. Thanks for the intro, Melody. It's called Get On Down by Billy Bass Alford. Thanks.